Happy Valentine's period! Today we speak about love, whether there is such person as your perfect life partner, and how to go about finding them in the period of superficial swiping on dating apps. We speak to Marjorie Liberelle, who works at Berkeley International, which is an exclusive matchmaking agency supporting people who have uh, been accomplished, who know what they're looking for, and also who don't want to waste time looking for the perfect match and searching on the dating apps or dating market. She's sharing a lot of insights into what are the differences between men and women looking for the perfect love of their life, and also what it's like in an expat-filled city like Brussels, where many people are often told that they have some commitment issues. Hi Marjorie, welcome to our podcast. Hi. This is going to be the most favorite episode for me because we're speaking about love and uh, you have the coolest job on earth because you help people find their life partner. Absolutely. And uh, their perfect match. So I wonder what is the value proposition of, of the company that you work for? Is there such thing as perfect match and love of your life? So um, I don't know if there's a love of your life living now up to 90 years old, but I can tell you that there's definitely a life time partner one can really help you to find a reliable partner for at least a few decades yeah I believe so so for the single ones out there listening to us walk us a little bit through the magic of how can you find that partner well through Berkeley well <laughs> you call us right uh, and this is how we work with our clients we work with usually quite successful individuals people who are extremely bright and accomplished and who join for several reasons, but the main ones um, is because they are very busy themselves or they want to stay first in absolute confidentiality, don't want to be exposed, cannot afford to be exposed on the social media. And we really are working at the opposite of offline, uh, online, sorry, social media like Tinder, etc. We will screen them, uh, call them first, see what their expectations are, and then we'll really take the time to meet them and to get to know them for a few hours. Which is exactly the opposite of what's happening in the swiping right and leftward of the social media where you basically prejudge on whether somebody is a good fit on the basis of their looks and probably not the most professional picture and then that's where you move ahead or not with dating somebody. So in your industry that you work in, which I don't know to which degree it's big or not, how many competitors you've got, but it's a completely different approach in a sense that you take over part of the responsibility for this decision because you go through the analysis before the actual person is involved. Is that true? Absolutely, yes. I think, to be honest, we're the only ones to do this as a private matchmaker. And what is a private matchmaker? Well, it's a person of confidence. It's almost like a friend, somebody who's just going to help you on a long-term basis. We work on, we give ourselves one year um, to, to help you find the right match, the right fit. Yes. Is it possible you cannot find it? It happens, uh, but most of the time we manage um, on a certain, yeah, one, one year max, one year and a half. We have a very good rate. About 70% of our clients find within the first year. Why is it they wouldn't be able to find the partner themselves? Many reasons. Sometimes, you know, when you decide to join Berkeley, that happens. You get very good vibes. Uh, you're out there and you project different vibes to people. And uh, most of the time, uh, people find a partner outside Berkeley, which is also, of course, great. I would say this is the main reason. It's yeah. because you shift the mindset, you create this new possibility, you start doing the work on yourself to get to know yourself better and also probably to understand what kind of partner you're looking for so you can almost invite that person into your life in a sense. Is that possible? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely believe that uh, when you make this choice, uh, you, you put yourself in a different mindset, in a much more positive mindset. You also meet men or women, you know, 
and you become somehow more seductive or you work on yourself. And we are, so a private matchmaker is also a coach, someone who's going to accompany you throughout the journey. There's ups and downs, not always easy, but we really work as, as coaches and we're going to give you feedback if you want to hear it and how, you know, to get better results. So what are typically the main barriers or the stories that hold us back from finding the partner? That hold us back from finding a partner in life, you mean, without Berkeley? Yes. Oh, but for our clients, most of the time it's because really they are extremely busy. They have a huge social network, but they need to renew it because you don't have the same distance, you know, in order to meet someone. If you meet a lot of people through your professional sphere, it's not easy to make the transition. So we're here to help them diverse, diversify their, their social network and meet people they would have never met before, but who are still very much interesting. And so is this a specifics of the Brussels dating scene in a sense, because it's so international and there's all kinds of additional complications to dating because people come from different cultures and sometimes you don't dare to approach somebody as you probably would have been willing to do in your own culture? Or is it the same all over the world because we're speaking love and it's the same process everywhere? I believe it's the same in, in our modern societies, at least. You know, in the cities, the major cities where we have our agencies, which are uh, the main hubs are London, Amsterdam, Paris um, and Brussels, people are just once again super busy and quite a bit unrooted sometimes. Here we have a lot of expats coming who don't know anybody except their work colleagues and so it's very difficult for them yeah, to make this transition and so that's what we hope uh, for the expats is how it works. Yeah. And so what is the number one advice you would give to people who don't want to go through a matchmaker but they are in a in an intercultural hub like this and they want to expand their network? It's going to be possible without a private matchmaker as well, right? In Absolutely. a city that is packed with events every evening. But still some people would go to the events after work and they still live in a world of it's impossible to find somebody, you know, the people are boring or they are already married or they, you know, they live in the context of the people out there being good enough so what is your advice how is it what is the coaching that you give to your clients to shift the lens do you really think that people think that that they're not good enough Mm. Not themselves, the yeah. people they meet at the events, yeah, that they're yeah, not yeah. interesting enough. Well, that's how we would intervene. What we do is a crucial, a careful selection of people who do want to meet a partner as well, because we can talk about that later, but we're not the cheapest on the dating spectrum. And so the filter is, of course, first the price for motivation, right? So what we do is we carefully select what you want, and we match a person who wants the same thing as you, and who is also extremely motivated and having a serious relationship. And when you go to an event, like meetup for example you don't really know what the guy in front of you wants right does he want just a one-night stand most of the time it is but there's also very good guys but we make a selection for you this is sort of see it as an outsourcing of your love life a serious outsourcing so the biggest differentiator there is whether you're really looking for a commitment and whether you're also willing and ready to make that step, right? Because we were discussing about how sometimes the excuse of the dating scene not being fulfilling out there is sometimes an excuse for people to protect themselves from a serious commitment. Yeah, that's also true. I think there's a lot of commitment fear in our society. Uh, we were just talking about it, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I also hear from my friends who feel that probably here in Brussels, I mean, we always like thinking that we're special, right? And so many people would think that we're different in a sense that when you decide to become an expat and leave, leave your country, the probability is higher that maybe you have some commitment issues and that you are not really rooted in the country and, and family and your social circle that you've been developing for a whole life. So 
is the probability higher that in a city like Brussels or London or Paris, you would have people who are successful and accomplished, but who really have this kind of commitment issues? Yeah, absolutely. And the given the reason you gave is probably one of the, of the most important ones. Yes. Uh, and a lot of pressure as well. Uh, I mean, we have successful people uh, who have high standards and sometimes, but who are still at the same time very tough about themselves. It's, it's um, very contradictory. And so we're here to make sure they give a chance to the person in front of them. As I said, on Tinder, oh, so many guys, good guys, you swiped over. I mean, it's terrible. Here we make sure you're valued as an individual, right? With all your flaws and your qualities. And also we, we coach you and say, you're good enough. That's okay. You can do it and you're worth meeting, which is also very important, I think. So how do you help your client to walk through this process of understanding which is the criteria that is really important for them and which is the ones where they're willing to compromise? Because it sounds like you're introducing this analytical methodology into the selection of a partner, which some people might disagree with. Some people or the experts would say this is how it's possible to increase the odds of the match working. We're not doing scientific work. Actually, love is nothing, I believe, nothing but scientific. I'm a very instinctive person with certain life experience and uh, I just have the potential, the capacity to see through people. I mean, believe it or not. I think so it's analytics through a conversation. It's not an analytics yeah, through questionnaires where you would be no, ticking boxes. No, absolutely not. We have, we do take into account, of course, objective criteria. I'm never going to introduce you to some people who are some guy who's like 25 years older than you if it's not what you want. But um, I can, after three hours spent together, two to three hours, I have a clear view, I think, on who you really are because I can grasp it. <laughs> How is dating for you? <laughs> uh, it's good. Uh, I know I'm, I'm very happy. I'm fulfilled with people who love me and especially one, one great man. Yeah. Is there a gender difference to, to how men and women are seeking their life partner? Because the other day I was having a conversation with one coach about in the gender empowerment context, women empowerment context, where she was saying that paradoxically women across the continents share more than men and women in one culture. So as women, for instance, when we're speaking career coaching, women in Europe, in Asia, in the US would face the same stories and same barriers, but they would be very far away to the barriers and stories that men go through. So how is it in the dating scene? How, what are the differences in, in men and women when they're looking for a life partner? Yeah, once again, I don't think you can draw generalizations, uh, but I believe that women, what I can see in my job is that women have really less complex taking themselves into um, in maintenance, you know, they're really much into coaching, want to hear feedback, they're very uh, eager, you know, to, yeah, to move forward. And men have a bit more reluctancy sometimes to, to do that kind of coaching and work on themselves. And there's a whole difference in the ways of expressing emotions. But I'm, course, I'm sure you read uh, uh, Men Come From uh, Mars and Women From Venus, which is actually, yeah, pretty much true. Uh, but once again, you can't generalize. <laughs> is it that women are more sophisticated about it because they have done more work on themselves before they arrive to you? No, I think it's a question of socialization, how we were raised. It goes way, way, way. So we spend this. our life discussing men, that's it. So we have better, more, I mean, more clarity in who we are, what we want? Yeah, I think, I think you can say that. But yeah, and once again, men, there's a question of pride for men as well. Uh, it will be a bit more difficult for a man to go through the door of an agency. We're still working on that. So who are the guys who reach you? Oh, very different different profiles. Um, entrepreneurs, great ones. 
they're all quite fascinating, I have to say, and quite bright. Uh, lawyers, uh, liberal professions, such as doctors, yeah, generally educated people, all self-made men, fascinating self-made men. Yeah, who don't, and of course, Eurocrats as well, European workers. Who don't want to go for the swiping apps because it's less intimate? Or? There's different reasons. They've been there, some of them. Some of them, once again, want to outsource their lifestyle because they want to make sure we select a, a really worthy partner and that they're not, not just gold diggers, for example, as well, because we have quite sometimes wealthy, wealthy people as well. Yeah, there are different reasons. What is the biggest reason for them not to be able to find the right partner? Is it because they're accomplished, as you're saying, and so the people would tend to look at them through this lens of your rich and successful, and so they want to be seen as somebody else? Or what is it that they're complaining about when they tell you their reasons why they weren't able to find the love of their life? Yeah, so this is the, the for, for very successful people, sometimes it's the first reason, of course, to avoid people who are just going to take advantage of their image and their success, but also people who just uh, are disappointed about love and who need advice and, and guidance. I think this is the main reason, you know, the common ground, guidance through love life. And this is what we do with a lot of care and heart uh, because we're a very small structure and we know personally all of our clients. And so how far do you accompany them in their relationship? When is it that your service stops? Uh, well, I'm always available for my clients if they want to discuss. We function on appointments uh, because it's, it's easier for everyone. Uh, I make sure that I call them also, not when they're in the middle of a meeting, for example, so it's always good to plan a call. And yeah, do you want to know how, how we proceed perhaps? Like when they're once they're already dating, is there a moment when they say we cut you off because we're already sure that this relationship is on? Or is there, um, is there like a probation period of the relationship when they're still For us, we consider a success when it's after three months. Yes, and we had a, a few successes so far. But we're always here to talk, and so usually when a person goes on a date, then we step out, right? When the numbers are exchanged, then we let them organize themselves, of course. But we quite, uh, we love well-educated men, which is going to take the time to discover the lady they have in front of them. So not going to a very busy bar and have, you know, just a cocktail. They, we make sure, and they, they take you for dinner, we, they spend an evening with you. And most of the time, people see each other a second, a third time, and they get back to us with feedback back and then we proceed and when there's no news it's usually very good news. Do you have standardized love advice around how to organize the first dates? Because I'm sure now in the Valentine's period when all the restaurants go insane and the underwear shops and flower shops go insane, uh, is there an original way, a more origin or original, more popular way of going about it? No, just go for a nice dinner. I would just say be, be conscious and be present to the person you have in front of you. That's the best present you can give. <laughs> Really? What's the advice you give to the women? Same. <laughs> be yourself as well, you know? Uh, be natural, be fun, be lightness, cultivate lightness. This is also very important. That's difficult on the first date? No, we can work on that. And it's difficult, but we're here to help you as well. I know it's not easy, but also be conscious that sometimes you're stressed, you can say it. I'm a bit stressed, you know, and the person is flattered about it because you give him importance. There's nothing wrong with being stressed. It's okay, we're humans. What about the generational differences? I would assume or guess that it's more senior people coming to you? No, not necessarily. No, we've got... It can be busy startupers, busy Absolutely. artists, busy... So people who are younger but who just haven't prioritized relationship seeking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my youngest customer is 28. 
my the oldest is 73 so we have a wide range of ages um, and it's great to see that love is possible at any age so you, I'm not scared of getting old when I see people getting together at 70 that's wonderful but most of our clients are aged between 35 and 55 so I wonder how do you go about seeking your clients do you go clubbing yourself and then guys who are hitting on you do you like approach them with like no I could have I... a more possible <laughs> more sophisticated service on offer for you well we have a very um, natural uh, people come on an ongoing basis from the through the website they find us most of the time through the website there's uh, and then I do a lot of networking absolutely uh, and when I see uh, you know interesting people I always t- tell them about our services who are single but most of the time it's a natural uh, demand that the, comes from themselves mm-hmm. yeah we have quite a good SEO um, you know it's easy to find us online and so what is the link because we were discussing the the professional success in relation to the relationships what is the link between a successful love life and a successful professional life well I really believe that you need to feel loved in order to vibrate and be successful in your professional life. Love is important for all aspects of life. Uh, it makes you shine, it makes you work well. And you give it back, you give it to everyone around you, your boss or your neighbors, your friends and your partner. This is, I guess, what stays the same for all centuries. Yeah, it's a solid foundation. It's the foundation of everything. You can find love in many aspects, of course, but nothing equals a partner. And I can say it from the heart. <laughs> What's the future of dating? Hmm. It's a very good question. I think there's not a single future. I think uh, we are one of the futures possible. But there's also, I mean, I'm not here to destroy Tinder. There's great couples. I had the, have this couple of friends. I told you she just got pregnant. Um, so there, there's many futures. But we're here because I think there is a demand for discretion and highly personalized service. Value individuals is really what matters and what is needed and what is lacking uh, in social media. Is there a possibility to recreate it for people who cannot afford this kind of service? Sorry, say that again? Recreate the personalized, intimate, values-based dating world. How can you recreate it for people who cannot afford the exclusive matchmaking? Yeah. I mean, this city is packed with powerful individuals who just don't have the budget for going for this kind of service, but they would still have the beautiful... They would want to have a beautiful experience of meeting a person who who looks through their looks and looks for true, pure love without being judged based on your physical appearance, etc. Yeah, well, you just have to make more work. That's You have to give it for a lot of energy, that's for sure. You spend a lot of time, you know, screening yourself and doing the selection. Yeah, that's. Uh, but it's still possible. Of course, it's just going to take you more time. Avoid you, perhaps. Our service could avoid your disappointments. Yeah. Because you're outsourcing the first phases. Yeah, we only have people who are highly motivated, you know, and who are going to match your social backgrounds and your aspirations and your wishes. We're always thinking twice, okay? I have Lucia in front of me, this is what she wants, and I have another partner, and we're thinking dual all the time. So it has more chances of succeeding. What kind of profiles are you missing in your database? The people who are listening to us, I'm like, you know, they. I would want the listeners to be, to be able to find themselves in... In the, in the world of the matchmakers and tell to themselves, like, you know, I'm this age, I'm this profession, if I go to you guys, you have <laughs> dozens of guys, if I'm a woman or whoever you're dating, you know, dozens of potential candidates to hook me up with. Yeah, no, it's a very good question. We're looking for all kind of profiles uh, because we have very diverse demands, as I said, but uh, some uh, 30 years old women and men, sensitive, conscious about the world with values, spiritual, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it would be very nice. 
from all nationalities. Yeah. So those who are above 30 should feel already off the market, not as marketable. What do you mean? If you're above 30 years of age. Oh no, absolutely. As I said, uh, it can go up to 73, 75, even but after 30 that. 30 is the best age. In the 30s, in their 30s, even 40. No, yeah. There's, there's no really, there's no age and that's what's great about it. Yes. Just anybody who's who has good intentions. What's your last piece of wisdom? Um, love yourself. This is crucial to advance. And we, we help you to, we provide you this love as well because we are both, Miriam and I, passionate about what we do. We really know and take care of our clients. Uh, but love yourself as well in order to, to advance in life. And it's not easy. It's a journey, as I say, there's ups and downs. So it needs self-love and courage. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Děkuji. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For follow-up, you can find us on all major podcast platforms and all social media platforms, including our Instagram, Lights on Europe. So feel free to go there now and leave us your review, likes, feedback, as well as tips on who would you like to hear interviewed next time. Bye!